Fantastic. <clears throat> well, last week was our, our week of prayer and fasting, and uh, it officially ended this morning. Can somebody say amen? amen. <laughs> but feel free to carry on. Um, I had some brilliant comments from people this week and today about how they met the Lord in this week of prayer and fasting. We weren't starving ourselves of food. We were laying aside something to hear him and to see him move. And I want to encourage you like I did on the um, Instagram post this morning. Don't think, well, I didn't see much happen this week. You see, when Daniel prayed and fasted for 21 days, when he prayed and fasted, there was a delay between when he prayed and fasted and he saw God do what he needed to be done. When you pray and fast, when you take a week, like we did this week, however you prayed and fasted, God is going to be doing things throughout this year in your life. Do you believe that? I do. But it was wonderful to hear of some things that instantly began to turn around. We had some testimonies coming in and I love that. Fantastic. Hey, I just want to honour someone today, if that's okay. I walked into it, because he actually was in my dreams last night, so I thought, that's a good, maybe that's God prompting me to honour them. I walked into church, I backslid from 16 to 24, they were bad years, I don't really want to talk about them. But me and my family, uh, my mum and dad's marriage was broken, we walked into a church um, when I was nine years old. And there was a, a man and his wife serving in that church when I was nine years old and I remember them serving and they're still serving today. I want to honour Graham Keeping um, and and his wife Pam. I really want to honour you. Um, This is a faithful man that has served the body of Christ. Last night in my dreams, I saw you getting younger. I saw you getting younger. He renews your youth like the eagles and all that. I saw you getting younger. But I felt God prompt me just to honour you, Graham and and Pam, to honour you guys. Some of my earliest uh, uh, memories of going into that Pentecostal church when I was nine was you guys serving communion. And you're still serving communion 50 years later. That's revealed that I'm 59 next, I know. But God bless you. And I just want to honour you and your family and Babs and people that have stood the course and stood for the Lord over many years. We honour you and we believe for great days still to come. Amen. But just wanted to do that. I think it's important that we're a people of honour. Amen. Fantastic. Are you ready for the message? Brilliant. Now don't forget if you're watching online, be commenting, be saying amen or rubbish, whatever you're feeling um, <clears throat> as we go through this. Because we want you to be a part of our community this morning, not just watching. And that includes those that watch on Catch Up later. So we're talking about discipleship. We're talking about vision and mission for this year. And our theme, as we released it last week, is simply rooted. There it is. Boom rooted and that's our mission that's our theme for this year we what we want we've got a heart to see this year all of our lives becoming even more rooted in our walk with the Lord we don't want to be pot plants in containers we want to be people that are sending down our roots because when you send down your roots the wind may blow but the tree won't fall Come on, when you send down your roots, the wind may blow, but the tree won't fall. 
How many people know the wind is blowing in life at the moment? The world seems to have gone crazy. Society hasn't got a clue what it's doing. The experts really aren't experts. They're little spurts. In the middle of it all, we've got a God teaching us how we live our lives. I want to be more rooted in him this year than ever before. What do we mean by rooted? We want you to be rooted in your personal walk with the Lord, not just what happens when we gather on Sundays. We want you to be rooted in your knowledge of his word. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. We don't want to visit the Bible. We want to help you as we commit to do this as leaders, become deeply rooted in the word of God. Man, I don't know if it's just when you go into a time of prayer and fasting, but I had such a good time with my Bible this week. Seriously, such a good time. I think if you lay aside the natural bread, the spiritual bread gets more tasty or something, I don't know. But we also want people rooted in the life of his body. The church is not an organisation, it's an organism. The church is not a corporation, it's the body of Christ on the earth. Amen? We want people to move from a crowd experience into saying, I want to be even more rooted in what my church is doing this year. Now, true to the commission that he gave us, we want to make disciples, not just converts. See, to make disciples is to see lives transformed, not just saved. If you were here last week, you can uh, know what I'm talking about when I make that statement. If not, go back and listen. It's on all of our platforms in the vision statement. So we believe that Jesus has still called us today, not just to help people get converted, saved, but to become disciples, experience transformation from the inside out as Peter and John and Matthew and the early disciples experienced. God says the same deal is available for us. Now, here's the uh, Great Commission again that um, we take from the Amplified Version. <clears throat> nice and simple, it says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. And then I love the way the Amplified puts it. Help the people to learn of me. Believe in me and obey my words. What's our mission this year? To help the people of God to learn about Jesus, to believe in Jesus, and to obey what he's asked us to do. Again, a statement I made last week, let me say again, we're choosing the road of the fisherman and not the thief. If you go back and listen to last week's message, that'll make a lot more sense. Um, We're making a decision to step away from a crowd experience with God into a personal discipleship one. Now, everyone's journey begins with a crowd-like experience. And all of us, until we see him face to face, we go into a journey. I've got a couple of slides here just to make this really clear. Now, the first slide, that's us, remember. If we have a post here that says crowd experience of God, we go to church, we have nothing going on apart from what happens at church, that's the extreme crowd. The extreme disciple is a personal, intimate walk with him 
as well as being a part of the crowd. You don't become Billy No Mates. He who isolates himself seeks his own and rages against all wisdom. So it's not either or, it's both. But you know, the interesting thing is none of us have arrived. None of us are hopefully where we started. None of us are a full-blown disciple. We're all somewhere on that journey, aren't we? We want to be encouraging you this week, this year, the rest of your lives to take another step away from a crowd experience where it's all about what happens on Sunday towards something that's more personal and intimate, another slide, which is to take the pathway of being a follower and a learner of Christ. Does that make sense? Like I said, no one can claim to be like Yoda that they've reached the zenith of discipleship. It's a common journey that we all have and we're all on. Even if it's inch by inch, keep moving away from a crowd experience to a crowd experience and a discipleship experience. Is that good? Now, one big step that you can take, if we're going to commit to take those steps, is to be learners, to read the word, to involve God in our everyday lives. But it's also to step from the big crowd experience of church into the smaller crowd experience. Here's a plug for our connect groups. You see, Jesus said they will know that you are my disciples by the love that you have one for another. It's hard to have love for people that you don't know. Right? They will know an evidence of your discipleship will be the love that you have, the sacrificial love that you have one for another. Now, the best way to love people in your church is to get to know them. The best way to get to know them is don't just sit next to them on Sunday morning. Get involved in a small group, a connect group, the worship team, the youth. Take a step this year, here's challenge number one, from not just coming to church on Sunday, but getting involved in a small group. Is that good? Paula loved that. Pastor Paula, she's like... Go, Andy. I can hear it. So let me just read you that verse from John 13 again. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know you are my followers, my disciples, if you love one another. Amen. It's not good Christianity to love God but not love his people. I remember somebody saying to me once, well, a few people have said it in one way or another, I love God, I've got no problem with God, it's just the people in the church. You can't do that. Remember, the church is the body of Christ. Jesus is the head of the church. Imagine if you came to me, the church is also called the bride of Christ. Imagine if you came to me and said, I love you, Andy, but I hate your wife, Gina. We're not going to walk very well together. Amen? We've got to love him, the bridegroom, and the bride. So challenge, get involved in a small group, sign up for a connect group, talk to one of the pastors afterwards. It'll be a brilliant step for you to take. Now, we made a big comment, a few big comments last week, that disciples, among other things, are learners. Now, we're committing this year to be learners. We're going to learn about him 
I loved it this morning. I was speaking to Graham, um, who we honoured just now, and he said, had a fantastic week this week. I said, what happened, Graham? He said, I got all my Bible notes out from Bible school when I did Bible school, and I started to go over them again. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that incredible? That's the heart of somebody that's teachable and wants to learn. He understands that learning won't give him any more salvation. It will help him to understand the salvation he's already received. You see, we understand these things. That the word discipleship means pupils, scholars, disciplined learners. That's not religious. You learn about what you love, right? That's why I didn't really do well in school because there wasn't much they were teaching I loved. But suddenly in Christianity, I ended up being a doctor. But I don't do feet. But I don't do feet. It was because I loved the subject. The subject is him. How can you not love him? Here's a couple of verses that encourages us in this way. This is what Jesus said in Matthew 11. Come to me, that's salvation. All of you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus or you're taking the first few steps of being a Christian, that's the offer of God to you. Come to me if you're broken, if you're weary, if you're watching online. If you're broken and you're weary, you're looking for answers. Jesus still says, come to me and I will give you rest. But then the next thing he says in the same statement is learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. You will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Can you hear the two statements? Come to me. Salvation, conversion, learn of me, the walk of discipleship. Then again, we spoke last week of Colossians 2.6, where it says, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, salvation, now continue to live your lives in him, discipleship. To me, when you have both those components in the room of your life, you set yourself up for success. Conversion is awesome. Like the thief on the cross, you can have the expectation of heaven with him because salvation is a gift. Discipleship is better because when you see him face to face, you're not the person you were when you got saved. Come on, let's hunger after discipleship. So we need to make sure that we've got our L plates on. We said that last week. But a lot of people wear L plates when they're learning to drive and then they take their L plates off and in taking the L plate off they're saying I'm no longer a learner this is what I'm going to be doing this year I remain a learner I remain a learner actually I've learned some things, but I want to keep on learning. Maybe you're new to the faith and you're wearing an L plate. This is all new to me. Praise God. Don't be in a hurry to take the L plate off. But when you do, don't leave a blank space. Replace it with a P plate. Something interesting I read about P plates. Already? Unlike L plates... There's an L plate. P 
P-plates are not a legal requirement for drivers to display of a green probationary P-plate. So P, did you know that, stands for probationary. I nearly got it out completely there. <laughs> L stands for learner. P stands for probationary. Nailed that sucker. There we go. P-plates can be voluntary. They, they are voluntarily displayed to show that you have passed your original driving tests. You now display P-plates on the vehicle for as long as you like. Isn't that awesome? When I started this message, it was about wearing L-plates. But I think sometimes you come to a point when you understand the fundamentals of Christianity. You see, the moment you think you know everything is the point you actually start learning. People take their L-plates off and they don't warn people anymore that they're not, don't drive too close to me, right? But I want to encourage you today, if you're new to the faith, keep your L-plates on. I actually want both because I'm greedy. I want my L-plates on. God, I, I want to keep learning. But God, I also want to have my P-plate on because I want to constantly be saying, I want to learn more. I want to learn more. I'm in, I'm in this, uh, this, what's the P word? Probationary, thank you, Stuart. I'm in this probationary period by choice because it's not a legal requirement. I choose to do it till I see you face to face. In fact, I'm going to keep my P plate on until I see him face to face because my P plate says I'm committed to continued learning and spiritual development. Do you like my bling? Some of the youngsters are like, he's down with that bling. His PA is down with the bling today. It's just cheap. Just from a discount shop. Nothing big, nothing big. Now, disciples are people that say, God, we could take off of our plates. We could take them off. We could say, oh, I know enough now. I'm a learner. Oh, I've done enough time in, in, in learning some more. Disciples say, we could take them off, but we don't want to be know-it-alls. We want to be ever-learners. God, keep teaching us. We approach your word as learners. We want to keep on. You know, this week, as I said, I had an incredible time in the word of God. But I was learning things from verses that I've read a thousand times over the last 30 years. Why? The layer you approach the word of God with will be the layer the word of God responds and answers you. That's why some people just never move beyond a surface relationship with God. But the Bible says that deep calls unto deep. If you were to get an onion and slice it down the middle, you would be left with two halves with corresponding layers. Christianity is like this. You never get to the middle. But you choose to keep moving down a layer. Keep moving down a layer. I want to know more, God. I want to know you more, Jesus. And as you move down the layer... He responds to you from corresponding depth. That's why the Bible can be such a simple book on surface level, but so deeply life-changing if you don't stop learning. Amen?
So this is huge. That God is wanting us to be his disciples. People that love each other, love him, love each other. But also are committed to wearing our L plates, wearing our P plates. I took them off because I didn't want them to distract you. I didn't want you to be thinking, those are nice L plates he's wearing there. How many people are keeping the L plates and the P plates on their car this year? Four of you. That's amazing. So glad my message had impact. Come on. Who's making a decision to keep the L plates on the car of their life this year? The P plates. Well, I'm not a learner. The P plates. Forgive me for being so arrogant to put you as a learner when you're obviously not. Come on. How many people are saying this year, I'm going to commit to keep learning? I'm going I'm, I'm to live in probation all of my days because there's so much yet to learn. Amen? That's fantastic. Now, the reason some people choose a crowd experience over a disciple experience or they live closer to, I go to church on Sunday, that's my Christian bit fulfilled for the week rather than every morning, God, I seek you for your will is because they understand that there's a cost to being a disciple. Jesus put it very clearly. He didn't package it wrongly. He said, listen, if you're going to be my disciple, you've got to lay down your life. You've got to pick up your cross. You've got to make a decision that you're not going to be a part of this broken world anymore, but you're going to be a part of my kingdom. It's your decision. Jesus never makes anyone step out of a crowd. Can I just say that? He never made anyone in the Gospels step out of the crowd, but he invited anyone that wanted to to do so now think about the fishermen the fishermen were there fishing and Jesus said hey drop your nets come and follow me and I will make you the fishermen had a choice they chose to leave what they knew the crowd experience of being them when Jesus was preaching to the crowd to following after him they paid the price the tax man the doctor Luke John they were all people that had Jesus say to them step out of a crowd experience and follow me and we honor them because they did but there were many others you can read in Matthew 10 17 to 21 or 27 about a guy that's called the rich young ruler he's in a crowd watching Jesus do miracles and teach And all of a sudden, a rich, young ruler, that's not a bad life, is it? Three great components there, rich, young, ruler. Any one of those are good, especially when you're getting older. Rich, young, ruler. He saw Jesus and said, I want to be in his team. And he said, Jesus, I want to be a disciple. Jesus, I want to step out of the crowd. I want to be there with you and Matthew and John. And Jesus turned to him and said, Absolutely. First, leave that which is holding you back, which is finances. God doesn't say that to everyone. He said it to the rich young ruler because that was what was holding the rich young ruler down. Jesus said, you can follow me. You can have as much of me as you want, but there is a cost. When we choose to walk the road of the fisherman, the road of discipleship, Rather than the road of conversion, where we are saved and we will go to heaven one day, there's a cost to pay. You see, disciples understand this, that there may be costs, but the rewards are so much better. 
Some people don't step out of a crowd experience with God because they said, it will cost me friendships. It will cost me time. It will cost me sins that I'll have to stop doing that I enjoy doing. It will cost me living my life unchanged. Ah, you're not looking at it correctly. There may be and will be a cost. I don't think we should preach a Christianity that has no cost because people are never transformed. We need to preach a Christianity that Jesus says, listen, if you're going to follow me, you're going to have to pick up your cross, acknowledge that you died on the cross with me, say, I'm going to live a brand new life and spend the rest of your days following after me. Man, that's when Christians become world changers. Amen. Now, I wanted to take a moment today to talk about some of the comparisons between the two experiences. We've spoken of crowd and we've spoken of disciple. What does Christianity look like and feel like to people who are choosing one over the other? Are you ready for a list of eight or ten things? Yes. Here we come. Crowds count costs. Disciples look forward to the rewards. Because whenever you pay a price to follow Jesus, to do something for God, he is no man's debtor. He always brings greater reward than the cost that you paid. The problem is when we're paying the cost, it looks so much, doesn't it? But how can he fill your hands with new things if your hands are already filled with old things? He wasn't robbing the rich young ruler. He was saying, you've settled for wealth and fame. I will give you something better, but you've got to let go of what's in your hands It looks like gold. It's only sawdust compared to what I could do with your life. Disciples look at rewards, and that's why they pay the costs. Crowds visit. Disciples abide. For extreme crowd, the extent of their walk with God is a Sunday worship, a Sunday message. Remember, these are the extents. All of us are on the journey somewhere, and I'm encouraging you to take a step towards discipleship not to go in reverse and go backwards you see disciples abide Jesus said if you're my disciples you'll do what I've said abide in me if you abide in me there's the cost I will abide in you there's the reward how many people want to know God abiding in them like a branch abides in a vine and a vine abides with a branch Jesus said, you can visit my sap on Sunday or you can know my sap running through your life seven days a week. Number three, crowds go to church. Disciples know they are the church. That's a good one, wasn't it? Thank you for that incredible response. When I was writing that, I could see people cheering and you didn't let me down at all there. Not at all. Crowds go to church. Disciples know they are the church. Come on. So tomorrow, disciples take church to the workplace. Tomorrow, disciples take church to the school. Where crowds say, see you next week. They keep getting worse. They get more brutal. But they're better. Crowds inspect fruit. Disciples bear fruit. 
You see, you know the language of the crowd. Those Christians, do you know what they did? I heard something about that Pastor Andy. He needs to get his life sorted. What an incredible fruit inspector you are. Give yourself an award. We're not called to be fruit inspectors. We're called to bear fruit. See, Christians that settle for crowd are very judgmental. But in judging others, they're actually judging themselves. Because often when we judge another, it's highlighting something we won't deal with in us. Own it. That's a good response. It was like a wave of shock or something that hit there. Come on, I want to be somebody that bears fruit, not judges other people's. I don't know what people's life is like when I'm not watching. See, when you judge other people's fruit, you don't know how they were raised. You don't know what they're going through. You don't know what Jesus is doing behind the scenes. I don't want to do that. I'm called as a pastor to judge certain things that happen in the church, but not people, especially not unsaved people. I want to be so busy saying, Jesus, will you cause this branch to bear fruit? I'm an assistant to others, not a judgment platform. Here's number five. Crowds are there for what they can get. Disciples are there for what they can become. I like that one. Read the Gospels. It's like, and Jesus came and the crowd said, do this for us. Do another miracle. You did a miracle over here. Why don't you do one here? My mum needs you. My auntie needs you. I remember reading that thinking, Jesus, didn't you ever get kind of wound up with the crowd always saying, gimme, gimme? I actually prayed that. I said, God, didn't that annoy you? Every time you got near a crowd, do this, do this, do it again, do it again, do this for me, do this for me, gimme, gimme, do something for me. And I really felt, I presume it to be the Holy Spirit, said to me, no, because I I had another ministry over here where I was raising disciples. My fulfillment was in them, which left me free to bless them. See, Jesus was fulfilled in the conversations he had when he walked with his disciples. So that when he went to the crowd, he said, what else can I do for you? I don't want to be in the crowd saying, gimme, gimme, my name's Jimmy. I want to be a disciple saying, God, help me to become. Help me to become as your nature flows through me in my daily abiding. Cause my life to become what you called it to be from the foundation of time. Boy, each of these would preach a message, eh? Number five, no, number six, crowds get to watch miracles. Disciples get to handle them. Your choice. Rich young ruler, I want to be a part of your dream team. Jesus, absolutely. But you've got to leave what's holding you. I can't. Then watch me do miracles for others. Don't you love that story where Jesus is busy feeding the crowd. He dealt with people's inner needs, their spiritual needs, but he also was conscious of their physical needs. And the disciples come on this time and they say, hey, hey, Jesus, um, uh, the people are hungry, send them home. And Jesus said, no, no, we're going to feed them, get them all to sit down. And they'd seen Jesus do this once before. So they were like, we got this boy, so they get everybody to sit down. And they got this little bit of bread, they got this little bit of fish. And they come to Jesus, they say, go on, Jesus, do your thing. We're going to watch you do it again. And he said, no, not this time, you do it. You feed them. Because Jesus was discipling and raising them for when he was leaving in in a few months. See, Jesus wants to spend a year with you showing you how to do it. A year with you, doing it with you. And then the next year, 
watching you do it in his name, changing nations. So the disciples took the bread and they took the fish and they, they, gave it, they reached out their hands and remember, they took the fish and the bread, nothing had happened. It was still fish and bread, same amount. It says, as the disciples gave out the bread and the fish, it multiplied and every person was fed and there were baskets left over. How exciting. I know you read your Bible and go, oh, just another day. Now imagine you're holding a bit of fish and it just doesn't go down. You're holding a bit of bread and thousands, they reckon 5,000 men, add the women, add the children, and there's baskets left over. It was awesome if you were a part of the crowd, you got to watch it. But disciples got to handle it. I want to handle miracles for his glory. I want to see the power of God coming through my words. I want to see the power of God coming through my hands when I pray for someone that's sick. When I speak, things change. Any disciple can expect that. Because Jesus said to his disciples, greater things will you do. Hmm. Here's a good one. Crowds get business as usual. Disciples get adventures and stories. Come on. When you read about the crowd, there's never ever any stories or adventures. They just move from here to here. Oh, but the disciples, they get beaten, imprisoned, whipped, flogged, starved, shipwrecked. (laughs) Come on, which one would you not want? (laughs) Whenever I go to conferences, people love it when I start telling some of my stories about when I went to Salisbury and a biker gang turned up and we saw the biker leader get born again and the whole gang gave. They love my story. They love the one where I talk about praying for a guy whose eye was that way. And I said, now, and his eye came straight. They love the stories when, when we talk about the first time I cast a demon out of someone and how crazy that was. They, then my stories don't live vicariously through me. God wants you to have stories of what he did in that situation, what happened when you went, when you prayed. Or you can stay in the crowd listening to other people's. It's better than nothing. Not what I would choose. Get some stories. Let God get you into some trouble. Anyway, moving on. Crowds get business as usual. Disciples, adventures and stories. Oh, I love this one. Crowds hear messages. Disciples get insights. You say, where's that in the Bible? Thank you for asking. If you turn to the book of Mark, chapter 4, 34, you'll see it. Now, you've got to see this. This is awesome. But Jesus had just been teaching on the parable of the seed and the soil. Very confusing. People understood it however they wanted to or however they could. Jesus taught about the seed was perfect, incorruptible, no issue with the seed. Then he spoke about different types of soil. Rocky soil, hard soil, thorny soil, good soil. Now listen to what happens afterwards. It says in verse 34, he, that is Jesus, did not say anything to them without using a parable. Who were they? The crowd. But when he was alone with his own disciples, he explained everything. Boom. (laughs) There is a cost But the reward is always better. So if you were in the crowd, you heard Jesus teach parables. 
and you understood them at the level of the ability you could, the level of hunger you could. But when the crowd had gone home, Jesus would gather his disciples and say, gather in, guys. What didn't you understand? And then he'd go over the whole parable again until the lights came on, moved you from understanding to revelation. When you decide to be somebody that's going towards disciple, all of a sudden you open your Bible and it's like a different book. It's like, well, it actually is. The Holy Spirit leans over your shoulder and begins to explain things that you don't understand. Suddenly you don't have to force yourself to read one chapter of the old, one chapter of the new, a proverb and a psalm. Suddenly you're like, I'm going to be late for work. I just cannot stop reading this. There's a cost, but the reward is better. Number nine, crowds step back from times of challenge. Disciples step up and forward. Crowds quit when the wind blows. Disciples get rooted and say, bring it on. Disciples are like a hobnob cookie in a cup of coffee. They don't break. They're not rich tea. Growing up, we didn't drink much coffee. That was a later thing. There was a lot of tea when I was young. And they used to give you these biscuits called rich tea. Pathetic. No dunkability to it at all. Pathetic. The amount of rich tea biscuits I rescued with a teaspoon, I cannot even number. But then came the chocolate hobnob. I think, it was Peter, I think it was Peter Kay that said it's like the Royal Marine of cookie. You keep dunking it and it keeps going more, more, more. Can't get enough. You see, a crowd experience with God makes you like a rich tea biscuit. As soon as some pressure or heat comes, you break, you quit, you step back. But disciples go, it's getting hotter. This tea bag is going to release more flavour. <laughs> it's getting hot. Don't take me out of the cup. God ain't finished yet. You wait and see the flavour that comes. It's crazy. It's a lot more fun. Number 10. This is the final one. Crowds know whatever will be, will be. Disciples know they're called and positioned and placed on the earth for a purpose. Seriously. Bad things happen to everyone. Good things happen on everyone. The rain falls on the righteous and the unrighteous. But you see, disciples don't step back. They push in. Disciples don't step back. They step up. And they realise that God has a plan for their life. Jeremiah 29 verse 11. That's everyone's favourite verse, right? I can remember when I first got saved, I found Jeremiah 29 11 and I was like, what a personal promise for me. And then about a year in, I realised everybody has got that one on their fridge. Everyone's got that one on their fridge, you know. But a person that chooses to follow after Christ can say, God, I thank you that you have got plans for my life. I'm not making it up as I go along. There used to be a singer, I know that most of us aren't old enough, I am, called Doris Day. Remember Doris Day, Graham? You would. K Sarah Sarah. Whatever will be, will be. The future's not mine to see. Okay, Sarah, Sarah. I'm like a jukebox, aren't I, really? <laughs> Remember the film The Shotgun Preacher? I'm going to be called the jukebox preacher. You know, there's always a song if you put in a quarter. You know, it's, it's there. 
But too many Christians are walking around, whatever will be, will be, whatever will be. Not, not me. I'm saying I know the plans he has for me. I know I was born again and there's a purpose for my life. And where God's putting me, he's putting me places I don't want to be because he's got a purpose for me in those places. I know I'm called. I know I'm anointed. And I know I'm favoured. My life isn't a mistake. I'm not going to see what happens. I'm going to walk in legacy and destiny. Oh, there's a cost, but the reward. I can, I can hear Sean shouting at home now. He's running around the living room, woo, in a glory fit. I can see it. Okay, so there's 10 things. To me, when I go through that list, isn't that what we call a no-brainer? <laughs> of experiences. I mean, I can't help it. If you're still excited, everything you said about the crowd experience, that's what I want. I don't know what more to do for you. But I don't think that's anyone in this room or a very, very small minority. Take another step. I'm not asking, God's not asking you to go from here to here. He's saying this year, every day, every week, every month, another step towards intimate, passionate discipleship. L plate around your neck. P plate around your neck if you've got rid of your L plate. Keep learning. Keep going after God. Don't settle for church as a crowd go for church as a community of people who are doing a journey together here's a little bit of application for you as we close number one why not make a decision to take another step this week this month this year towards discipleship whatever that may look like number two walk with us as a church where we're going don't just visit us on Sunday you're welcome to visit us on Sunday we love that we love that you're here but our heart aches because we know that there's more that you could know you're welcome to visit us on Sunday but it's a better experience if you walk with us on the journey God's given us number three step into a learning community a small group info available today number four Maybe sign up for some church programs, some training. We're going to be running Forge Bible School again next September. New intake of students for Monday night Bible school. Going to be putting on modules this year. Soul Winner Boot Camp. Do you know how to lead people to Jesus? Get your name in the game. Learn. Let us train you. Number five, invest in resources that grow your faith and develop your walk. The good news is to invest in many resources today don't cost you YouTube is awesome caveat YouTube has good preachers but also some of the biggest weirdos you will ever meet in your life not everybody on YouTube or social media platforms is even saved be careful who you listen to because who you listen to has influence on your life all right, so warning there. I'm not saying go turn on YouTube and go, who wants to tell me anything? No, no, that's silly. Go to people who aren't just theorists, but practitioners, doctors, to teach you about the things of God because their lives demonstrate they've lived them. All right, it's important. The Bible says in the end days, many, many false prophets, many, many false teachers will be out there with all manner of teachings for people who have got itchy ears. Don't have itchy ears. 
have a heart set on learning truth. Has this been useful? Now, the good thing is we're not going to have a huge altar call and go, are you going to step out of the crowd, man? Man, are you going to... We're going to say, that's for you to work out with him. What do you want this year? What do you want? As for me and my wife, we're, we're just wanting more of him. I want more of God than I've ever had. I want to know him more. I, I, I want to understand him more. I want his word to be more alive. That's where I'm heading. Hey, if you want to come along, follow me as I follow Christ. Imitate us as we imitate him. Amen. So if you're here today and you've never given your life to the Lord, you need to make that decision before you put the L plate on. All right. If you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus, I want to invite you to do that today. Invite God Almighty into your life. Wow. What an offer. To invite the Spirit of Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, to come into your life and he'll be able to when you acknowledge that Jesus died on a cross for your sin. When you acknowledge the death of Jesus, you receive everything that causes you to be forgiven. We're going to be studying forgiveness in a couple of weeks, in a few weeks. That's the offer today. You don't have to take it. It's your choice. But if you're here today and you've never received Jesus, I pray you would. Maybe you've been backslidden and you know it's time to get real with God. You can respond too. Can we pray this prayer together here if you're watching online? God, here's the prayer if you're here with us or alone in a room. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on a cross for me. His death was full payment for my sin and separation. I believe in you, Jesus, and I receive the gift of salvation. And I thank you for it. Now fill me with your Holy Spirit so that I can be changed from the inside out. I believe. Amen. Just my every eyes closed, every head's bowed. If you're here today, You've never prayed that prayer. You're surrounded by people who have. We're all works in progress. We're all on this journey together. But if that's you today and you prayed that for the first time, maybe you've never known God or you've been away from God and something's calling you back. When I count to three, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand if that was you. I'm not going to bring you forward. I'm not here to embarrass you. I am here to get you to give a response that says that's you. All right? Here we go. I'm going to count to three. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand. Nice and bold. Nice and high. One. Two. Three. Anybody today under the sound of my voice and you don't know where you stand with God? You need to give your life to Jesus. If you're doing it at home online, God bless you. If you're doing it on catch-up, God bless you. God's outside of time and space. He sees the cry of a person's heart. Everyone under the sound of my voice belongs to God. Father, we thank you. Help us this week, Holy Spirit, to walk the walk of discipleship. 
not just the walk of conversion. Help us to put into action a life that's following you. And Father, today I pray over these people. The Lord bless them, keep them. The Lord make his face to shine upon them, be gracious to them. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen.